Bayheim's army stunk <laughs> out loud. Uh, I was at both games. First game was boring as all heck. Second game was absolutely brutal. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Brad Klein with you on this wonderful Tuesday morning. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions apply. Um, Thursday and, or excuse me, Friday and Saturday were the two games that Bayheim's Army played the TBT, uh, in the Syracuse region at SRC Arena. Let us know if you were there in the comments. Uh, I was there. Great atmosphere, I must say. Uh, Syracuse fans showed out in full force and they kind of had to. It was on the home court. Um, they had a stacked Bayheim's Army roster to watch. Everybody got hyped. They came out. Uh, everybody's on their feet going ballistic, and they absolutely annihilated India Rising in the first game. Some Syracuse uh, players are there. Joe Girard was in attendance. Malik Brown was there. Justin Taylor was there. Uh, very, very cool to watch all that. Lawrence Moten was there. Tyus Battle was there. Um, Daywan Coleman was at the second game. A lot of Syracuse royalty in attendance. Jim Beheim shows up to the second game to watch his former players get absolutely annihilated, uh, including his son. Um, a funny tidbit that I saw about the game or that I saw while I was at the game was there was, you know, there was the corner of uh, the courtside seats that was Syracuse royalty. So it was like Beheim. Julie Beheim, um, Battle, Daywan Coleman, Moten, like all the alumni. And then right behind them was like Gerard, Malik Brown, Justin Taylor. So everybody who was anybody for Syracuse basketball was sitting in that corner. Uh, and when Matt Morgan hit a three to kind of make it look like Syracuse, or excuse me, Beheim's Army was going to come back in game two, that corner and everybody else in SRC Arena got on its feet and started going crazy. Except for one man, Jim Beheim did not move a muscle. <laughs> I remember looking in that corner to see it, and everybody standing up around him. He's sitting there like, <laughs> he knew they're going to lose. He didn't care. He doesn't like watching them lose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a really brutal showing in the second game. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the during the game were getting on Rakeem Christmas because he wasn't great on defense and he was a little bit whiny on offense. Uh, every time he got called to a foul on defense too, like the man looked perplexed. He, he looked at the ref as if he had 10 heads. He was like, what? Huh? I was like, Rakeem, you simply slapped the man's arm on the way up. Just um, play, play through it. <laughs> so uh, people wanted to blame Rakeem, but what I'm going to blame it on, and you know what, maybe you're going to 
not be happy with this, but I'm going to blame it on the injuries, okay? You didn't have Kyle Wiltshire for either game. He did not play. You didn't have DeAndre Kane or DJ Kennedy for more than like 10 minutes combined. uh, And you didn't have Tyler Ennis in game two. I'm going to blame it on the injuries. You didn't have some of the best players on your roster. uh, And seemingly, Rakeem Christmas wasn't happy that he had to play the entire game, both games. So I I can't really blame it on the guys. I mean, if they had everybody healthy and they had that roster, I think it might be a different story. Some people are going to disagree with me on that and say that they weren't playing well, so they would have lost anyway. And maybe that's true, but I think they have a way better shot. Yeah, um, they didn't play well. I I agree with you that the injuries definitely mattered, but at the end of the day, I was disappointed with what like what you said about or came Christmas right following along. You were there, I wasn't. But to see that because this is professional basketball, right? And it's professional basketball. That's not to say that other professional leagues, the NBA, doesn't have plenty of whining, but you're recruiting professional players to play in this professional tournament and Christmas didn't conduct himself professionally and it mattered. It it trickled onto, onto his box score, onto the scoreboard and into his play. So that mattered and it's contagious, right? It's contagious. Obviously the injuries matter. We don't know what Kyle Wiltshire would have been. He wasn't there for either game and they didn't miss him in the first game. Obviously, the nerd team, a better team than in, than India Rising. The seating said so, and so did the actual footage. But we don't know how important Kyle Wilcher would have been. Ennis, Kane, Kennedy, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But you know what? I also feel like they had enough. Obviously, it would have been easier with the talent they had uh, or could have had. But Matt Morgan, D-Boast, was awesome against India Rising. Um, obviously Andrew White was really good against India rising D-Bose was good down the stretch. Debo's stunk the whole tournament. I thought, I mean, both games, Debo's he had his numbers look good, but it was volume. I mean, the guy just, he shot so many bricks. His offense was putrid. So I, I don't know. I, I really feel like that roster and, and you know, we said it, we said it before we said it multiple times. This is the best Bayheim's army roster we've ever seen. And so I feel like the best Bayheim's Army roster we've ever seen should be able to sustain injuries. Not if in all the good players are hurt, though. I get it. I get it. I get it. Like, if you don't have DeAndre Kane or DJ Kennedy, like, what is the roster? The roster is Andrew White, Matt Morgan, who was really good in the first round, uh, Debost, yeah. I get it. It's It's more hollow, more shallow. I understand that. But you would still think that in the second round they'd be able to survive it. And they almost did. They almost came back. Um, But I don't really think anybody really thought they were going to come back. And and a lot of people want to talk about the refs in this game. I mean, it's not officiated. Everyone knows that the refs are always wrong. So it's not officiated like a college game or like an NBA game. It's officiated like EuroLeague basketball, which there's very little. They let the guys play. Um, So, I think that that has to be taken into consideration. I honestly, when as a media member at the TBT at TBT games, it's like you probably know more on TV than we did while there, just because the vantage point we had, it was brutal, like behind the basket. um, And there was like stuff in front of us. It was hard to see. 
and then we didn't have the advantage of hearing anything and nobody was giving us notes so it was just kind of like every man for himself out there um but so i didn't see every single call but you know there was a lot of contact in that game too and we'll talk about that right after i read this advertisement about linkedin brad as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business linkedin jobs makes it easier to grow your team linkedin jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free uh LinkedIn Jobs helps you create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you create, or excuse me, helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, and we're back here. On lockdown, Syracuse, Matt Bonaparte, Brad Klein. As I was saying, uh, a lot of people were on Twitter talking about how the game was getting really chippy, physical. Um, some people bashing the Elam ending for that and saying that if it wasn't for the way the game ends, every play wouldn't be all or nothing. Um, I don't really buy that, but whatever. I don't really think you can blame the Elam ending for people being physical, but that's just me. Um, sure, it's a physical game, but like at the end of the day, the guys are throwing themselves into each other, and that's their choice, right? Um, so it, it was a very physical game, and, and the nerd team, I think there was some real animosity there. I can't remember. Let me find him. Number 30 on their team was uh, he was really riling up the crowd, uh, and I don't think that the Syracuse faithful really liked him or the rest that's of the Kyle team because, uh, yeah, Kyle Casey, that was him. Uh, he, he was great. He had a really great game, and he did a great job of uh, getting under Syracuse fans and the Bayheim's Army players' skin. Um, so kudos to him for, for doing his job out there. But it was uh, it was not the most peaceful atmosphere at a, at a basketball game. I mean, those guys really did not like each other. Yeah, well, I, I get it. And they're playing for legitimate money, and some of these players that – Legit, legitimately need it, so it's important to them. And that's one of the many reasons that TBT is so entertaining and so exciting. And we preview it for weeks, and Bayheim's Army is in it for two minutes, and now they're done, right? Uh, so now they're out, and we said that the roster is pretty much the best TBT roster we've seen, the Bayheim's Army roster we've seen, but it didn't work out. It was disappointing. Which player, especially in the second game, was the most disappointing to you? Andrew White, Andrew yeah. White in the second game, dude, was brutal. Um, and, and it was after the first game where he was so, so good uh, and then comes into the second game and goes one for seven, one for five from three. I don't think he was the most disappointing on the tournament. That would probably go to like either CJ or Jimmy. That's got to be CJ. 
Yeah. So one of those guys. I mean, Jimmy was brutal, but I didn't really expect that much out of him. Well, I did expect something out of CJ. Uh, you, anybody who didn't watch the tournament should be glad to know that CJ still takes the most CJ shots of all time, where he just drives right into the basket and takes like a one footer fading away. Uh, classic CJ shot. Um, hey, by the way, you fell in love with it when you were younger, so you're not one to talk, right? He's the goat. Um, I will say well, that we haven't talked about it yet. The funny thing about TBT, though, right, is that we're not scouting these players and what they're up to recently. We see CJ Fair and we think, oh man, CJ Fair's playing. Let's go. We're, we're excited, whatever. But you don't know what CJ Fair is right now. You haven't been watching him overseas. So when he plays in TBT, you see what he is in, uh, in the India Rising game in the first round, and you think, okay, CJ Fair is here, and that's cool, but we're not relying on him for production in the, in the basketball tournament. You're not. He just wasn't that player. We thought he might be, but he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to say that we haven't talked about it yet, but it was awesome to see Marek. I mean, it was just so cool yeah. to see Marek. Um in person, just you like know what? and, and Marek did. didn't do much, and that's okay. I mean, statistics. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, it was a game two was such a Marek game, where yeah. like wasn't yeah. like didn't have the stats, but like he dove after so many balls, like it was classic Marek, like just diving at every single loose ball. And no, no, I'm not saying he had a bad game, but he he did pretty much what you could all you could ask of him, which is not score but produce, and, and that's what he did. Um, it doesn't really help you that much when guys like Andrew White go one of seven from the field and CJ Fair one of five and Jimmy Bayheim one of six and D boasts five of 14. You need production out of someone, and it's really cool, really cute when Marek Dolajai is diving for loose balls and doing nothing else. But when no one else is scoring, you need someone to score. And I feel like Marek is always something that a basketball team needs, except for a game like that in the second round, when you're just scrambling for answers. If you're Pope, who's going to put the ball in the basket? Yeah. Uh, and I think that was kind of the question that he had. I mean, at some point in that game, too, it was really a lot of uh, like, who's going to start the comeback? Because they just could not seemingly get anything going because the defense, anytime they scored, the defense would almost immediately erase it just because the it was so bad. There was nobody underneath. Christmas was playing terribly on the defensive end. He was letting anything and everything inside. Um, so it really wasn't at all possible to come back when, when, when that's what's going on. Um, so that was a big issue. But at the same time, like you say, like Pope had to try and figure out, all right, who is going to score here? Like somebody has to score. And a lot of times he looked to Morgan or Boas, but to my point from earlier, when you only get, I don't know, one minute from DeAndre Kane in game two, uh, and you get not as much as you'd like from DJ Kennedy in game two. 19 minutes. Just, yeah, he played half the game. Um, there's just not too much. you get, And there's no Tyler Ennis in that game too. Yeah. So, Well, those are your three creators, brutal. right? Oh, Those, yeah, I mean, but also Morgan's a creator, and both Morgan is a be. but Morgan is your only creator at that point. That's the thing. I, mean, I, that I think you, that people would argue that Boast is as well. He both not too. Play all okay, that but well. look at how inefficient he was, right? I and he is what your fifth best creator on the team when healthy. I'm asking, right? I mean that 
that's tough. That's really tough. You're going to lose players. Those might be the five worst players to lose, honestly. Yeah, uh, they definitely are say, the worst. I should say three, three worst players to lose. Okay, they are the worst players to lose, though. I mean, it was it, out of anybody, you do not want to lose the only guys that. I mean, that's the TBT goat and DJ Kennedy. DeAndre Kane, a guy who was on your championship team last year and was absolutely crucial to the win. Uh, Tyler Ennis, who arguably is one of your best players. Um, and then I, we, I still have to go back to Kyle Wiltshire not being there. Just And yeah. you don't even know what he was going to give you, but what I will say he was going to give you is not having to play Christmas the entire game. That would have been enough for me. So um, I could have used 6'10 Kyle Wiltshire there. I hear you. I hear you. It was just, it's pretty brutal. It's just, it's one of those things. Again, there's so much hype around Bayheim's army every year for two reasons. One, the roster is legitimately good. And two, the fans care so much, right? You mentioned it off the top that the atmosphere was unbelievable. I'd imagine that the atmosphere in game one was better than it was in game two, because there was a lot more to cheer about in game one, but they care so much, right? The nerd team doesn't have a fan base. Bayheim's army does. And to get booted by the nerd team in the second round, that just stinks. <laughs> like you said, it just stinks. And the other thing is, like, it, it didn't feel like they were better than, than Bayheim's army. Like, they, they, they weren't a better team. Like, they had a better game, but I would argue still that Bayheim's army is a better team than them just strictly talent-based, and, and we'll never know because those guys were injured and, and whatever, but it does stink that that's just kind of where it ended. Yeah, so Bayheim's Army, I'm looking at the box score now. I mean, Bayheim's Army, in the first quarter, they go one of ten from three, or excuse me, the first half, one of ten from three. In the first three quarters, two of 18 from three. Right there. That's the game, right? That's yeah. it. Two of 18 in the first three quarters of the game from the perimeter. That's You can't win like that. And the funny thing is, obviously, Cannon Kennedy and even Ennis, they can shoot. But you have your shooters, right? I mean, Andrew White is there. He's your shooter. And and he just didn't hit his shot. So I mean, you actually wonder... And, and that's the funny thing about basketball is that it really only boils down to a couple of shots, right? And, and uh, especially in, say, the NBA, it's only like the last five minutes, people say. So Andrew White, look, let's look at the box score. Andrew White goes one of seven from the field, one of five from three. Honestly, if he went two of seven, two of five, it's probably a different game, right? The comeback starts a little bit sooner. And they have a very legitimate chance. And that's only talking about one shot. So the game was close. The margin for loss is very small, especially in the basketball tournament. And if you don't lose those players, I agree with you. It's it's almost definitely a different result. Yeah, um, I think so. But, you know, at the same time, they still – I mean, they were so lackluster at the beginning of the game. Uh, and the defense was so, so bad to the point where I don't really know what could have saved them. If Andrew White goes is a little bit better, maybe, um, because he was terrible. And there was one shot there that would have been his second make right after he made the first one. He was going for back-to-back, uh, and he just couldn't – he didn't hit it. 
Uh, and then there was one where he shot it after the whistle, just after the whistle, after being fouled and he hit it. Uh, but those ones didn't count. So it didn't really matter. Um, but he, he was bad in that second game. And I think, they, also... I think they leaned on him because he was good in the first game. And then he just couldn't bring it in game two. Also put yourself in the Bayheim's army shoes, right? So think about how it contrasts to the NBA or, or let's just use college basketball, right? Tournament time, it's single elimination, obviously, in college basketball as well. If you lose a player, odds are you know how to play without that player, even if it's your best player, because you've gone through the season, your best player isn't playing 40 minutes, and you figured it out. I mean, Syracuse, even last year, had a little bit of an idea, obviously not a very thorough idea, but a little bit of a clue. How do we play without Buddy Beheim in the Duke game, in the ACC tournament, after he gets suspended for a game while punching the Florida State player, right? So the, he he's out, and Syracuse is obviously disadvantaged, but they have an idea. Beheim's army is only together for a couple weeks before TBT, and they go without arguably, almost inarguably, their three best players uh, for half, if not all, of the game. And they don't know what they're doing without a floor general in Tyler Ennis and the TBT GOAT, Kane and Kennedy. And those are those are really, really, really tough losses, especially in that context. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I mean we're harping on it at this point, but uh whatever. Uh go get them next year. I do wonder. Um you think Kane and Kennedy are back? So that's what I'm going to ask. I don't know. I think that they brought him back this year kind of because they won the tournament and they were like, all right, we got to bring our guys back. I don't really see why not. Like another team would have to convince them. to. They're going to pick whichever team they think has the best chance to win. Right. And I don't know if that's going to be Syracuse's team, um, but maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I do think that like say St. John's gets an alumni team. There goes DJ Kennedy. Right. I guess. Um, Maybe, yeah. maybe DJ Kennedy and DeAndre Kane, they're buddies. Maybe they don't want to play not together. Maybe he goes over to the St. John's team. So maybe even more likely is that overseas elite revives itself and they just go play for them. Back. Why not? I mean, they um, could. They could. I just I don't think it's gonna happen. Um I, I do think another team could lure them away. Like, you know, Tyrese Rice is playing in the tournament this year. He just didn't yeah. play for Bayheim's Army. Um, and he was great. He played for the Gutter Cats gang, the NFT team. Um, so I don't know if they come back, but you know, the other thing is that this is like the adding Jimmy Bayheim, I feel like was a little bit of, I mean, it was total fan service, but it was also something to be like, Hey, like we're still majority Syracuse players, even though like Jimmy Bayheim was never going to play a ton and he's not that good, um, compared to some of the guys in this tournament. So I don't know. Um, the team could look really different next year and it could look but it could also look pretty similar. Like, I don't know what they're going to try and do. They're going to try and still make it a non-majority Syracuse or a majority Syracuse team, but have a lot of non-Syracuse players. Cause at the end of the day, they proved last year and they made it clear this year that they think winning uh, with, they, they think it's their best chance of winning is with non-Syracuse players on the yeah. floor. I mean, it was like four out of five guys, non-SU. So um, they tried the SU way and that didn't get them very far. Now they're going to try this way, and it worked one season. It didn't work another, but next year it could happen. You bring back Rack for next year? 
Um, he was really disappointing. He he played well at times. I think he was good. I I don't know. I think a lot of people would say no. I would say yes, just because if you don't make him play the whole game, I bet you he's really valuable. Okay. I mean, you bring back Dolajai. You were very, very down on Andrew White. I wonder if one out of two good games makes you rethink that. No. No. Okay. <laughs> nope. All right. I mean, he showed me in game two exactly why I was right. I, all right. I, I I would bring him back just because I think. Oh, he can come him, back. I just don't think he's that good. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I think if you use him more as just a shooter, as did, a spot up guy, off ball guy. In the first game, like he had a great slam and he hit a bunch of threes. Like he was great in game one. It's just like he doesn't yeah. have consistency. It was like Cole yeah. Swider. Hey, Cole Swider's crushing it for the Lakers right now. So sure. watch yourself. No Cole Swider slander on this podcast. I, I'm not I'm not slandering Cole. That's eh, not what I'm fair doing. Enough. I don't know. It's, right, it Brad. was obviously disappointing. Oh, excuse Brad me. drops his phone. Excuse me. Classic there, line right there. There goes the microphone. Um, obviously disappointing. But I think that going forward, there's still a lot to like. And I think it's more likely that Kane and Kennedy come back than not. And even though Morgan was inefficient, if you can get him back, he might be a really nice addition going forward. Well, we'll have to wait till next year. Uh, if you want to get more on the ACC, go make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. That's Locked On ACC. With that being said, thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today. Brad and I will be back with more content for you. Uh, and we will see you next time.